Hey everyone. So wanted to do a second episode this week. I have been having lots and lots of conversations and with a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners and coaches and people who hold a lot of space and a lot of energy for a lot of people. And there's a lot going on right now where you know, business owners and, and coaches and transformational leaders, uh, service-based providers, business owners and entrepreneurs just feel the weight of everything going on in the world right now that is, you know, outside of their control, um, all of the different nuances and things that are changing in the online world and with business and with energy and just the way things are right now, a lot of people feel a lot of heavy, a heavy weight, heavy stress. Things feel more uncertain than they have before. Business feels more challenging than it already does in most cases. And things just feel kind of very heavy right now is the word that I'm getting from people. And I wanted to come in here because there's a lot of new listeners to the podcast. And I really want to share some personal perspective. Um, I talk a lot of strategy. I talk a lot of business, but I am an open book. And I've also shared a lot about my story, my journey to get where I am today. Um, For my avid followers and listeners, you guys are very like you're very in tune with what got me here in my past. There's a lot of people that don't understand it, but what I want to do for everyone listening today is I want to bring a little bit of my personal journey full circle as it relates to just what's going on right now in business. So I'm going to try to keep it kind of short chunks and just kind of give you the key elements, but I want to make sure we understand kind of the point of what I'm trying to get at. So I was born into the foster care system. So my mother, my biological mother and father were not in any situation um, mentally or just practically uh, to take care of me, to care for me properly, um, you know, to just be who and where they needed to be in order to properly take care of me and raise me. So Um, upon being born, I was put into the foster care system. Now, back then, um, you know, the foster care, I don't know how, I I mean, the foster care system might be, I don't think it's that great today. It it needs a lot of work. There there are some big loopholes and gaps in in that space. And that's a whole nother conversation. But it was really, really rough for me back then. Um, The homes that I was placed in were extremely unfit. They were Uh, extremely abusive to the point where there were homes that I was in where I had grown adult men put in their penis in my mouth. I was like three years old. I remember it like it happened yesterday. I had homes where they would lock me in a bedroom that had like just wood floor. Like you could see the cracks and see down into like the ground, like the basement, like It was really just, there was nothing on the floor. There was no blanket. There was no pillow. There was no light. Um, It was just a dark, cold, wooded room that I would be locked in for days upon days 
and having to pee and go to the bathroom in the corner of that room because nobody would let me out for days. Um, I would be physically punished if I banged on the door or if I tried to come out of that room. So I would sit in the corner and just, I remember my knees being up and my head being in my knees and I would rock back and forth and just sit there for days and days with no food, no communication, no, no light, no like outside, no fresh air and, um, not being able to go to the bathroom. I was just locked in that room for days upon days And I lived there for a good year and a half or so. And this was my, that was my life. Um, There are places that I've been in where, you know, I was physically hit and slapped, thrown around the rooms. Um, I was forced to eat my own vomit. So I would be punished if I threw up. Rather, I threw up because I had the flu or I threw up because they made me eat something that I didn't like I have a food sensitivity I can't do um like I can't have like fat meat fat or um anything like you know mushy and squishy in my mouth like it just I have certain elements that (laughs) just set food sensitivities and back then that was unacceptable so they would make me eat things like that I would throw up they'd grab a spoon and they would make me eat that vomit so When I say that I've been physically, emotionally, mentally, in every way you can imagine, molested, abused, beaten, neglected, that I'm not, like, there's no level that did not happen. Like, I could go on and on about all of the different things, and that's not even, those are not even my mental shares. Like I was mentally abused, emotionally abused daily. So on top of the physical, there was also that. Okay. So I share this because that, that was my first eight years. Okay. That like that, the trauma that I experienced, the abuse, that was the first eight years of my life that was in foster homes. So that was a foster care system bouncing me. And I don't know why I moved so much, but there was no stability. Um, I never had stability at all ever growing up. It was for those first eight years, I literally was in, I I would go from place to place to place to place. And I started to wonder, like, am I not being good enough? Like, do I need to behave better or be more nice or like smile more like what do I need to do so they'll stop moving me like I remember being like why do none of these places want me like why am I moving and moving from place to place and I was a really good kid because of the the trauma that I was experiencing my only mission in life was to be likable be a good girl So everybody likes you. Just be a good girl and do as you're told. And my mission was even in moments where I'm like biting my tongue because that's I don't agree. I would shut up. I didn't want any confrontation with anybody. I didn't want to disagree with anything. I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be accepted and I wanted to be part of someone's family. So for me growing up, I was very much molded and kind of like I created these barriers around me where I had to survive some really, really hard situations at a very young age where I was not equipped to know how to handle these things. So I started building walls. I built barriers. And I was a very quiet, kind of shy, like looking back at my pictures, 
I was very, I never had a smile on my face, ever. There's no photos when I was really little of me smiling. I looked abused. I looked very sad. I looked very shy. I looked very quiet, very innocent. I had that look about me of, oh, that poor little girl has been through some things. You could see it in the photos. And a big part of those first eight years was me trying to figure out who do I need to be for them to just like, for some home to just keep me and stop abusing me and moving me around. Like, what more can I do better? And that was the first eight years of my life. Now, in between those eight years, my, um, my great aunt, my um, great aunt was also taking me and my brother in and out of her home. So we, she was kind of like a placement when they moved us from one home and we needed a placement until they found another one. We always went to her. Now, my brother and I both wanted to live with her forever, and we didn't want to leave there. We loved it there. We had dinner around the, the table as a family. Um, we played outside. We had a nice, clean bed. The house was spotless. You could eat off the floors. Um, there was a lot of kids because we had a huge, they had a huge family. Um, we were always outside. We went yard sailing on the weekends. Um, I had clean clothes. I had a bath every single night. Nobody touched me in ways they should not have. Nobody was doing that, right? And this was a home that we just for some reason, we never got placed, even though my great aunt was begging them to let her adopt me. Um, She wanted to keep me with her. And every time they would come get me and say, we found her a home, she would cry. She'd run in the bathroom. She would cry. I would hear her cry and please stop taking her away from me. Let her stay with me. And I remember feeling the same way. Like, why can't I stay here? Like, this is where I want to be. And I just kept getting moved, but I, in some way, I anticipated the day when they said, we're going to bring you back there to your great aunt for a little while till we find you another place because it was just a break away from the abuse. Now, to fast forward, when I turned nine, she officially adopted me and I moved in and I was there for life. My brother was not He was older a little bit, so he was able to make a decision and he stayed with his other foster home and did not um, choose to come there. So we were separated. Um, That was another huge traumatic thing for me to go through because he had been in these foster homes with me and he was kind of the only person that was really protecting me and taking care of me and trying to do best by me. And he was kind of like my knight in shining armor. So that was another experience of sort of Um, I had to go through, you know, a whole healing process with that. But I found myself in the home that I had wanted to be in, or so I thought. And, you know, in this home with my great aunt, yes, we had dinner around the table. We had, we got outside, we played, we were outside nonstop. Um, It was a normal life. Like it was very, a normal day-to-day life. You did normal things. No one was like spanking you. Nobody was molesting you. No one was like made, making you eat puke. Nobody was locking you in rooms. Um, you know, you got your normal punishment and discipline and stuff like that, but it wasn't in, it wasn't a crazy physical, emotionally abusive home as far as my adopted parents went. Um, there were a couple of situations, but it wasn't anything out of the ordinary. However, my great aunt had five other kids that were older. Like they had their own kids. They were much older with their own children. Uh, in fact, their children were much 
around my age, a little bit younger. And so those are the kids that I hung out with all the time. And it was nice to be part of a family, but I wasn't really part of the family. So because I was adopted and my adopted mother already had five kids um, that craved her attention, that she could barely give all of her attention to them. Here comes this new girl who's now part of the family and is your, and I say quotations, is your sister now. Um, They didn't take to that very well. They were jealous. They were pissed off. They were mad that she didn't ask for their permission. And these are grown adult adults with kids of their own. And, you know, they just, um, they were not accepted at all. They were so jealous. They were so mad because she was doing my hair and spending time with me. And they feel like we didn't have all of that, which wasn't my fault, but that it was taken out on me 110%. So I did encounter a lot of emotional abuse uh, from my sibling, adopted siblings. And I did encounter a lot of the um, same kind of feelings of like, you're not part of the family, you're not accepted. And a lot of times what they would do just to kind of like, try to, you know, put the knife in your back a little deeper, we would go out places and they would say, this is my adopted sister. They made it so clear, right? They couldn't speak to other people without making it so clear. This is not my real sister. She's my adopted sister. And I heard that a million times growing up, my adopted sister. And it was just that validation of like, oh, I'm not accepted here either. And so although I don't have to deal with all the other things, I'm still not accepted. I'm still not part of a family. I'm still the black sheep. I'm still an outsider. And I have people who don't like me, right? And through all of this, so I was there the rest of my years. Um, I was 20 years old, um, had gone through some relationship things, um, you know, some, a little bit of trauma and things around that. At 21, I had my son, the very first thing I had ever had in my entire life that belonged to me, that nobody could take away from me. It was the first person ever in my entire life to love me unconditionally for who I was. And I had never in my life experienced a love like that. So, you know, a lot of people grow up and you have your mom and your dad who love you and you might have siblings and and other family members who love you so much and they shower you with all this love. And that just was not my, that was not my experience. So when I had my son, I I had experienced a love and a connection I had never in my entire life experienced. I had never, I didn't even know it existed. And so we were so close. He was literally, he is everything to me. Um, He was with me in such a monumental time of my life when I feel I needed that the most, like God gave me that gift, right? So he's, he's a blessing. I have a daughter now too, and she's a blessing, but there's a different um, connection with each of them, right? Um, Just different times. And I started my journey of an entrepreneur. um, And mind you, growing up, we, my foster parents, we grew up in a time where my foster, my adopted parents, they grew up in a time where the men worked and the women did not work. Women did not have jobs. Women, they cleaned, they cooked, they took care of the kids and they took care of their husbands. And that was the time that my adopted family, that, like, that's how they grew up. So that's how we were raised. Most of the women in the family did not work. Um, and, and, and the men did the work and women cleaned, cooked, and they took care of kids. And so from the moment I moved into their house at nine years old until I moved out at 20, I was the family babysitter for everybody. I was the, 
you know, come clean my house. I, I was basically like a fucking maid. Um, I was like the free child care. And again, it was just another way for them to take advantage of me. Um, and then treat me like shit after the fact, right? So I did it because, again, I had the tendency of wanting to be liked by everybody and be accepted. And I thought, well, if I just do what they want, they'll love me one day, right? Um, so we grew up in that time. So when I had my son and I got out on my own, um, I didn't have a job. And I had not, the only job I had ever had up until that point was when I was 16 years old before my, fa- my adopted father died of cancer. Um, after a 10-year battle, he's like, you're going to get a job. You're 16. You need to get a job. And I worked down at, you know, the amusement park um, where we lived for a couple of summers. And that was the only job I had ever had. And then I was shipped to Florida to help my brother take care of his kids because his wife left him and he was going to lose his business and needed a babysitter. So I was the built-in everything. And then I finally came back to Maine and ended up getting pregnant with my son and got my own place. And I say my own place, but it wasn't really. It was government housing. I was collecting food stamps. I was living on welfare. And that was very normal back then. Like, that's how I was raised. Like, go get the help that you need to survive, right? And so for the first five years of my son's life, that's how we lived. But inside, I was always seeing possibility. Even though I didn't see this within the homes I had lived in and within my childhood, when I looked around, there were people driving nice cars. There were people who had cash in their wallets when they went to the store and paid for things. There was people that had nice clothes that I liked. And, you know, we, I saw homes that were gorgeous. And I saw kids that had a lot of nice things at school. I knew that there was a different life. And I knew that there was more possibility and opportunity. I didn't know if it was available for me. And I wasn't quite sure how do you even get there. But I just knew it existed. And I always said, I don't ever want my kid at that time, kids, my son, to go through what I went through. Or I don't ever want to be that kind of mom. I don't want him to experience that. I want us to be independent. I want us to have money and nice things. I want a better life for me and my kids. And so I just started taking these entrepreneur steps. It was rough. It was a hard journey. Business is challenging. Um, Things can be really hard. And I share all of this because looking on the outside, looking in, I had all the odds stacked against me. There was nothing in my favor other than that all the abuse I was encountering was making me strong as fuck, resilient as fuck, and super resourceful. I literally had to find ways to protect myself and I had to find ways to get through situations that have caused other people to, you know, kill themselves or to be extremely mentally depressed or just not right. And I came out of it extremely intelligent, extremely strong, very resilient and motivated as fuck. And I appreciate all I've been through because of that. And the moments in business when it feels hard and challenging, it's a big, my past is a huge reminder that these obstacles and these challenges that sometimes feel so heavy that you're not sure how you're going to get through them are the things that that you have to go through to become the person that you need to be to accomplish the things you truly want to have. I don't truly believe that I would even be this far, and there's still a lot I want to accomplish, but I don't even believe I would be this far if I hadn't been through the things that I've been through. And I believe that it would be a waste of abuse for me if I didn't do do good work with it. And so I just want to encourage you that no matter what you've been through, no matter what you're going through right now, 
as long as you can hold a vision and a mission and be ambitious and have some patience and be able to pick yourself up when you do get knocked down, because it's not about how many times you get knocked down, it's how many times you keep getting back up. If you can build that muscle of resilience and patience also and ambitiousness and motivation that you can go after something so much bigger than you, so much greater than you, things that you don't even know are possible. If you can hang on to that, you can get through these moments where it just feels so unbearable and uncertain and scary. And I wanted to bring that personal into the business because those personal situations are what get me through the business stuff also. Because it's like, oh yeah, I starved for a very long time in my life. Uh, I could get through this. Oh yeah, you know, I had grown men putting their penis in my mouth. Come on now, this, this I could get through this. Like I've been locked in rooms and I didn't eat for days. I had to get resourceful, right? Rather that was chewing my fingernails or biting the skin in the inner part of my mouth. Like you get fucking resourceful and you figure out how to survive. And the thing is, is you have to have something to survive for. You got to have something on the other side of the trauma, the challenges, the obstacle, the hard work that you're going to encounter. And for me, it was a family. It was, and at the time I thought it was be part of a family, but it was actually create my own family. But for me, it was family. It was acceptance. It was accomplishment, success. It was, it was freedom, guys, like freedom. I wanted all of that. Now, I didn't know that a that entrepreneurship and building a business was going to do that for me and provide that for me. I did not know what any of it looked like. I just knew that I wanted so, I wanted those things so badly and even though I wasn't clear on the ways that I was going to experience those things, I wanted them. And that was what kept me going when I was physically starving, like throwing up stomach bile. I was so hungry for days until eventually you're not hungry anymore that goes away. You're not hungry anymore and you, you pick back up. There's so many things I want you guys to, to kind of bring in with this. You're going to get through it, but you've got to tap in to the thing that's on the other side of all of this that is worth everything to you, that means everything to you, because that's what's going to get you through. There's so much more I could share on this, but I just wanted to scratch the surface. I hope this is so helpful for some of you. I'd love to hear your feedback and takeaways. Um, Everybody take care. Take some deep breaths. Take care of yourself. I love you all. We'll talk soon.